I have an embarrassing confession. <clears throat> the first time my girlfriend said, I love you to me, I laughed. <laughs> not because I don't love her too, and not because I didn't love her, but just because it was, I don't know, funny in the moment. <laughs> and I tell you what, boy, do I regret it. Not because I hurt her, but because she never, ever lets me forget it. <laughs> you laughed in my face, she says. Ah, oh. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was laughing with you. I was laughing with us. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. I'm not scared of commitment. I absolutely am not scared of commitment. I'm not scared of saying I love you too. I'm not scared of saying I love you full stop. But I tell you what, there are plenty of people who are. Not just with the old I love you's, but with commitment, generally speaking. Often it is one of those main causes of tension in a relationship. And our relationship expert, Stephen Drongle, has some great advice for us this morning. Kia ora, Stephen. Morning, Jack. Wasn't my smoothest moment. Absolutely not. I think we might want to go back and revisit those <laughs> apology ones we did a couple of weeks, weeks ago. She, look, I, it was a brief it was a brief chuckle and then an and then a, an earnest and heartfelt I love you too, okay? It was just a, you know, it was, yeah, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't my absolute smoothest moment. Yeah. pure joy bubbling out of exactly, me. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. But you know what? The fear of commitment um, often causes a, a bit of an issue in relationships. Is that something you come across in your work? Is it a big deal? Yeah, ab absolutely. And I mean, I work with affairs. So at that point in time, yeah. people coming in and feeling, you know, like unsure about the relationship is a, a sign of healthy self-preservation. Um, and if someone came in without any ambivalence who'd been betrayed, uh, that would normally actually be something I'd be questioning. Um, but even at, at um, just a normal relationship, the transition from the honeymoon period uh, into uh, you know the the period where people get into the power struggle and the, the honeymoon drugs wear off and that there can be that sense of like holy crap what what's happening and um, and we hurt each other we hurt people who are close to us mm. and so that that instinct towards self preservation um, preservation or self protection when we get hurt that makes us want to lean back is a completely normal. Um, thing that people do in relationships. So, so when I say commitment and fear of commitment, is it like early in the relationship? Because you're saying it's after the honeymoon period, it's after the power struggle period, maybe. But is it so? It, which would indicate that it's a bit later on. You know what I mean? Um, realistically, the you know kind of commitment problems can surface at any stage of the relationship. Right. Um, but the the common feature is that there's there's some part of us that we're trying to protect or um, or that feels vulnerable in whatever stage. So for um, you know for people in the honeymoon stage, you might have someone who's like, oh, wow, this is so amazing, I love you so much, and mm. you're like, uh, you know, sorry, uh, you know, yeah. Um, that that you know that's that's you know a thing that can happen um, when uh, people transition and you know to retirement from being at work and and suddenly like that that's a whole new relationship and so again people can you know um, can start to withdraw and and pull back mm. but the point is when we get hurt it's a it's a pretty common thing that we do so why is it so serious. 
Okay. So when we move um, into that protected state, which I call ambivalence, so we're, we're, we're not in, but we're not quite out, what happens is we have two really, um, uh, two really difficult things that happen for us as the person who's ambivalent, which is that we experience the losses of being in a relationship because living with humans is hard, yeah. and, um, but we stop experiencing the gains. Right. So if our partner is being super loving and super connected and we're not fully in the relationship, we don't experience that fully. So there's a sense of loss. Yeah, yeah. And if our partner is being kind of like a pain in the, in the butt um, and and we're sort of partly out of the relationship, we're still experiencing that pain, but we're the idiot who still hasn't escaped the relationship. We're still in the relationship, yeah. so it actually amplifies that difficult situation. Yeah, right. Okay, so so why don't you run us through some advice for what you can do if you're feeling unsure, and then maybe if your partner's feeling unsure as well. Okay, um, I might just reverse that um, because often when we get caught in ambivalence, we won't see it. We're often like the last person to see it, so it's much more likely that our partner will pick it before us. Yeah. Um, and so if you see this, uh, there's an intervention that you can do straight up that's actually very helpful, um, which is just to ask them. Yeah, you know, right. uh, you just say, say, "Hey, it feels, you know, it feels a bit like you've withdrawn. Uh, uh, you know, are you in this relationship? Are you, are you with us, or have you, have you come out?" Now, the way that you ask that is really important because if you go in with a high-level kind of interrogation thing, then what you're doing is really upping the the unsafety. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But that makes sense. You can ask that yeah. just as a flat. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm interested in you. I, you know, I care about you. I do want to know where you are at the moment, um, that that can be an expression of care. But so and so this, so try and strike a tone that's that that's caring and loving and not accusatorial. Yes. Yeah. And because the thing is this is a normal thing that happens in a relationship and sometimes it's a little bit, but the the point is if you can catch it while it's small, that becomes a whole lot easier. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Then what you're doing is you're asking, so there's just three more questions. What do you need? Um what are they prepared to stretch into? Because generally working with it, it requires a collaboration and ambivalence requires you to make a step. You've actually got to step off the fence. Mm. Um, and so sometimes they need, you know, I need you to give me a hand to help me step off the fence. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and then the, this is a big thing. When are we going to check in on this? You know, because that that shift of, okay, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to try this thing. So you have the couple that, you know, that's gone into this sort of ambivalent, drifted apart state, and it might be both of them, sure. you know, and they're spending all their energy with the kids. And then we're saying, okay, yeah, so you feel not very important in the relationship. What do you need from me? Right. Well, I'd like you to initiate a date night. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. You know, um, what are you going to do? Well, if you tell me we're going on a date night, I'm going to dress up special. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, we'll do that. And then should we check in the day after the date night to see what that was like? Nice. So you kind of build some structure around it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then from your side, you essentially do the same the same thing in reverse. You you if you try and see if you can identify the start point because if you know what triggered it, then it's easier to fix. Mm -hmm. Ask what you need, see what risks you need to take, and and then if you can identify it so that you can ask clearly and kindly for, uh, for your partner to show up, that's the thing that sets you up to. Um, to move through the process. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's really that's really good advice.